Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of all your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And um, tragedy has struck Procon because um, this is the first John Carpenter movie that I have seen that I don't just love. He's no... <laughs> He's no longer batting a thousand in my mind. Yeah, I have seen this one before. Um, and I actually, I thought I liked it more than I do on a second watch. So it is it is truly a, a tragedy of the highest order, folks. Uh, this film is uh, Ghosts of Mars from 2001. And I don't know if you had this problem, but before I saw this film, I would confuse this and the Tony Shalhoub film 13 Ghosts all the time. No, but back when we did Mission to Mars, I confused those two. These, Mission to Mars with this yes. movie often. Yes, yeah. I even think I had to edit around that in the, in the recording. I, um, <laughs> I had to ask you before I rented yeah, which the one correct to movie watch, last right? time. Because yeah, 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 I, I almost rented this. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't hate this movie and what we'll get into it as we do on the show. Um, but it, it's certainly the, like, like I said, the first Carpenter movie I've seen that like, I wouldn't rush to rewatch. For me, it was Starman. I actually, I don't even think I got through all of Starman the first time I watched it. I think I just, I kind of skipped around in that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's one of his just like straight drama pictures um it's not too much horror there's very light yeah. on sci-fi and it's like it's a little more it's just a little too sincere almost uh it's just it's 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 not a film that i recommend to anybody um but it's it was a fairly successful one of his most successful films <laughs> right the the only thing i know about starman is that they guardians of the galaxy 2 leaned on that for like the the meta aspect of the Kurt Russell character. Like, yes. Oh, he came to earth and he yep. fell in love with this. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that's literally the only thing I know about that movie. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like Carpenter. He's, I don't like to pick favorites when it comes to like art stuff of any kind, but he, he is certainly one of my favorite directors. Um, and I, I feel like he's kind of unfairly kind of like dismissed because of like, the ghosts of mars era of his career yeah oh yeah um i mean but like it, i don't know it's he's got some just utter shit back to back here um yeah escape from <laughs> unfortunately it's utter shit that well uh, fortunately for me it's utter shit that i like uh yes, unfortunate yes. for his career and you know it's i mean village of the damned i enjoy that film but it didn't do well escape from la people hate it but i love it vampires another one very fun movie Right. Um, but yeah, just all of these are critically panned films and box right. office bombs. I mean, right. but I mean, I don't know. Like you, you go back to, he, he seems to have like found himself lately. Like I know he, he does like some video game work in like, um, he does, he does like his albums that I really yep. like. Um, he did that Joker years. comic last year <laughs> or actually it might've been earlier this year. <laughs> Amazing. I, I have to get that, but, um, yeah, but yeah, like, I, I skimmed through it. It's not great. <laughs> whatever I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do it for my boy but like you you look at his early career like his run in the late 70s to the early 80s is just unreal like halloween the fog escape from new york the thing christine just like that stretch yeah 
is is wild and and it's like one per year he just worked himself and it shows because the guy looks ancient at the time. <laughs> but like, he always looked ancient. You know, you look, you go back yes. photos. He's also never had any sense of style. Like yep. there's this that nope, amazing photo that it. people, you know, always they, they 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 share it every once in a while of him and some kid, and he's wearing just like a just a sweatshirt. He's just wearing like this gray sweatshirt. The kid is also dressed in a sweatshirt. Like it's just, it's great. He has a child sense of fashion. It's amazing. It is kind of like that Matt Chrisman photo where he's wearing yes. a t-shirt and there's and a little shorts. kid. Yeah, little kid. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Carpenter was married to Adrian Barbeau, so who needs fashion? Right. Like, come on. Right. Exactly. You know, it's funny. I have an Adrian Barbeau signed poster of yes. escape from new york yes. and Amazing. it's it's like i bought it at a thrift store so yes. it doesn't say from adrian barbeau to lewis it says from adrian barbeau to paul it's like yes. just a random <laughs> nerd's name at some convention and then he sold it to a thrift store for probably a few bucks i bought it for ten dollars it's amazing um all, all of which is to say i don't know like Carpenter clearly had like hit his moment when he was like riding high and doing things and he he definitely I mean by by any reasonable estimation he's clearly fallen off a little bit but like I he seems to be doing his own thing now and, and that's cool I think yeah he's perfectly fine doing what he's doing with his music career you know he works with his son on these albums um you know he worked with um David Gordon Green on the newest Halloween movie and then the the sequel that's going to come out well next year it was supposed to come out this year um so mm-hmm. you know I think he's he's content in with what he is doing he's also never been a guy who really you know cared much about what critics thought like he just he was in it for a paycheck you know he's he's a, he's obviously a very accomplished artist and I'm sure he cares about the art but he's also kind of one of those craftsman directors who's like you know what like I, I I'm just gonna yep. do whatever's thrown my way and yep. you know hopefully it pays well and hopefully it makes a lot of money uh when it's in theaters um because he's so indebted to the the films of someone like Howard Hawks uh, the great director uh, Howard Hawks, who did f- the film Rio Bravo, which this film and uh, the film Assault on Precinct 13 are basically remakes or reimaginings of. Um, so, you know, Howard Hawks was someone who did um, every type of movie. He actually uh, did the original thing. Um, which is based on a short story. I think he came in later or he came in earlier. He wasn't like, I don't think he's credited for doing um, the 1951, The Thing from Another World, um, mm-hmm. because uh, I think he, he secretly took over after the original director. Because I believe he was the producer and then he also directed some of it. It's just one of those you know weird... Uh, productions um well actually weren't that weird back in the day because producers loved to just like you know put their hands where they weren't supposed to uh, back in Um, the studio system not so more anymore because i I have a funny quote here uh from carpenter um, or from the wiki uh during 2005 there were remakes of assault on precinct precinct 13 and the fog the latter being produced by carpenter himself so he's doing that producer role um, though in an interview, he he defined his involvement as, I come in and say hello to everybody, 
go home. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Just, Holy shit. That's but that's so Carpenter too. You yes. know, like he's just full of those kind of quotes. Like, I mean, um, someone he's asked great. him about you know if he cares about the fact that he doesn't make movies anymore, that he's just basically like at home playing video games. And he's like, well, like I still get paychecks, so I'm okay right now. Like when the, when the money rolls, he's a gamer. Yeah. Well, he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, when the money runs dry, then, you know, maybe I'll start caring, but I'm, I'm, I'm content where I am right now. Um, but yeah, so the, the cinema of Howard Hawks is, uh, is something that has really, um, been so influential for, for uh for john carpenter um and uh yeah so the john wayne uh dean martin vehicle rio bravo from 1956 Mm -hmm. is about um this this band of uh outlaws and uh, sheriffs who are uh are besieged by uh, by a group of of outlaws um so then carpenter remade that more or less in 76 with Assault and Precinct 13. And then we see that again here with Ghosts of Mars, except it's in space and it's not outlaws, it's ghost zombie people. Yeah, this movie um, it feels like a grab bag of like earlier, like you were saying, earlier Carpenter stuff in, in that Rio Bravo. Um, very, very... The, the mood is like very eclectic. It's very yes. like off kilter it's the cast is insane the cast is wild um and speaking of which i'll, I'll run that down now um the ghosts of mars uh stars ice cube <laughs> yep. yep uh natasha natasha henstridge um best known perhaps as uh sill from the species movies yes um jason statham baby jason statham with 60 percent hair yeah it's like his um, fourth movie i think yeah it's wild. Uh, Clea Duval, Pam Greer, Joanna Cassidy, uh, Richard Cetrone, Liam Waite, Duane Davis, uh, Lobo Sebastian, awesome name, uh, Rodney A. Grant, Peter Jason, Wanda DeJesus, and Robert Carradine. Um, yeah, very early, like people earlier like either early or late in their careers yeah seems exactly like. <laughs> yeah and then you have someone like robert carradine who i think at the same time was on the lizzie mcguire show as her dad Dan- yeah, i yeah, knew yeah. that name mm-hmm. sounded familiar yeah. he's one of the carradines you know the the carradine family uh we have of course uh talked about david carradine multiple times uh mm-hmm. the late great you know uh kung fu uh <laughs> grasshopper himself <laughs> Yep. Uh, Kill Bill, Bill from Kill Bill, uh, and uh, John Car- of, and you know, uh, Boxcar Bertha, of course, and with his father, John Carradine, in that movie. Um, also, um, Keith Carradine's daughter is Martha Plimpton. That's right. Yes, that is very random. <laughs> and I'm not sure if we have reviewed a film with Keith Carradine in it. I'm not sure about that. Um, he's in a lot of. Walter Hill, but I don't think he's in Geronimo. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, he's he's somebody we have to we have to plumb the depths of his filmography. That's for sure. He's he's been in a ton of shit. He's probably the most unlucky 
of the Carradine <laughs> brothers Carradine. Un- until he gets, you know, he's in Deadwood. He plays Wild Bill Hickok in Deadwood. Uh, but right. before that, he's not the most successful of the Carradines. Sure. Um, um, but yeah, so yeah but crazy fucking cast. Yeah. Uh, very, very wild. Um, so yeah, this, this movie is squarely in pro-con territory because the budget was uh, $28 million, uh made half that at the box office. Yeah, exactly <laughs> half of that. Jesus Christ. Not really, not really surprised. Um, tomato, tomato meter score are ever-reliable, uh, 22%. Um, audience score, 24%. So very closely... <laughs> That never happens Damn. for us. Very closely yeah, aligned. No, I saw that earlier and I was like, fucking hell. Yeah. Um, we do, not not really a quote, but kind of an anecdote. Uh, Carpenter would come to set every day and say that this was the biggest piece of shit he's ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Which he claimed was a bonding, relaxing, relaxing experience for the cast and crew. Um Ice Cube himself agrees in 2006. He said it was the worst movie he's ever been in. You know, it's interesting. From that perspective, from Carpenter's perspective, it makes sense then that he doesn't make another movie for another nine years. So he makes The right. Ward in 2010. Um, right. So, you know, if if you come off of making this this steaming pile of shit and you, and you truly believe this is the worst fucking movie I've made, then, yeah, I guess right. you'd go on a 10-year hiatus. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking really quickly here at what else Ice Cube has been in. Um, this movie is better than Anaconda. Yeah, I would agree. But Anaconda, Anaconda I, I Ana- did better at the box office. Yeah, and I don't know. Anaconda has some good moments, but I, I, I honestly think that like it's just my childhood memories of Anaconda because I saw it when I was like, I don't know, ten, and I thought it was like, like this is real. This is like showing me what the the Amazon's like. Oh yeah, no, I, I I loved it yeah. as a kid. I thought it was amazing. I was like, yeah, snakes are gigantic snakes eat people. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I thought like the inside of the yeah, snake. So, that one moment when you see like the inside of the snake, I thought it looked like pizza if you took like the cheese off of pizza. Yes, because we we get a POV camera of Owen Wilson yep. being consumed yep. by the anaconda. Yep. Yeah. So on on balance, though, I I appreciate this movie more than anaconda so oh yeah ice cu- yeah ice cube you're canceled <laughs> um uh which isn't to say that this movie is without flaws because um there are flaws aplenty um it god damn it it kind of breaks that rule we've laid down that maximum of like 90 minutes perfect i know because it, it, it does feel too long it's I, 98 you, you, and it feels too long yep i i think it's which the structure is, of the film yeah, I think because they have the that one shootout that comes out of nowhere, and then they go back to just nonsense, and then they have two more successive shootouts. Yep. It's just it's just like just do one big one. Like I just wanted the middle of the movie just to be like one fucking crazy shootout, mm-hmm. and then end on the train and then go home. My theory for why it feels so weird and disjunct and like disjointed is like there are so many frame stories within frame stories yes. within frame mm-hmm. stories. Um, cause like the, the overarching frame story is, um, 
the lieutenant comes back to base and tells her story. Right. But then, like, within that story, we get, like, other people telling her memories. Yep. And sometimes, even within that third layer. Yeah, yeah. Like, we go, we go full Inception. We go, to the, yeah. we go to a fourth layer of a memory mm-hmm. being told. It's like... And they could have done some, like, cool storytelling tricks with that or, like, or presentation tricks with that if they wanted to. But, like, they didn't. No. It, it, it's just, it just it feels so, like disjointed as i was saying and like for for no real reason either i i think they just like need to fill the runtime right i um, think it could have been it could have been like a 60 minute movie honestly yeah. like and I've, and that wouldn't have gotten distribution so no. <laughs> i had to do it, this it, it it feels like a two-parter like star trek or like yeah Battlestar Galactica yep. movie. So some of the the lighting is awful. Yeah. Um. The 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 transitions between scenes are like use weird wipes. Yeah. They use it's like wipes. Very... It's and it just doesn't look good. No. You really know these so very good. digital wipes, not the old school wipes that you do. You know, uh, during actual editing of film, it's it just yep. it it does. Those are just those don't age well. No, they don't. Uh, Revenge of the Sith is full of them, and it shows. Yes, that's right. Um. Also, like. Um, in addition to the wipes, there's a lot of like dissolves. Yeah. So it's like, just mm. pick one. Just pick one. And the dissolves are weird because I just feel like, because the film, I don't know, like the film kind of jostles between quick, you know, cutting 2000s esque editing and then kind yep. of more of Carpenter's normal, you know, kind of longer shots, tracking shots. Um, so it's it's trying to fill in some of the gaps there with these weird ass fucking dissolves so what would normally be maybe a shot that lasts 20 seconds they dissolve and it cuts maybe five seconds off of that for almost no reason other than an editor was like oh modern audiences won't like how long this shot lasts i it's i don't the dissolves were really they really took me out of it yeah um the worst part for me like as i was saying i I like the sets a lot, but it's it's just yeah. that damn lighting. It, it, it looks awful. like TV. Awful lighting. Um, yeah, it, it looks like TV. Like, and you think like this is the guy that shot like Halloween, right? And, and like the fog. It, yeah. And, like those are like the definition of atmospheric, and and like like literally in the fog's case, I guess. <laughs> oh. uh, but like just in 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 comparison, just it 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 looks like a a TV movie, and I say that as derisively as it's often intended to mean. Yeah, I don't know. I guess like, you know, if you have 28 million or, you know, the equivalent of 28 million in like the 70s compared to like 28 million in 2001 money, I mean, I guess that doesn't really get you as far. Um, It gets you enough to like, you know, because you make, there's the minute, the train is a miniature a lot of the time and then the set itself they had to create and i mean i guess it just really doesn't it doesn't get you much unfortunately 28 million mm-hmm. um um so the the cinematographer um gary b kibb um he did prince of darkness and they live um he also did the mouth of madness but then he did um robocop 3 uh, and escape from LA mm. and the vampires, yeah. So yeah, so he's worked with Carpenter. You know, it's so you know it totally it, it makes sense. There's a lot of similar, you know, camera movements and, mm-hmm. and just 
the way things are shot, but that that lighting is unfortunate. And I, I do know the majority of the film was shot at night, um, so that can maybe account for some of the lighting in the exterior scenes. But mm. you know, the, the lighting in the interior scenes are also terrible. Um, yeah, and the yep. the interior sets they do look like something out of like Farscape. Like they don't they don't look good. Yes, yes. it's. Yeah, I, I just can't stress this enough. Like, I I know a lot of like people who aren't like turn, tuned into movie talk or like who consider this kind of like bullshit, like pretentious bullshit. Like, oh, the difference between like TV and movies. It's like we we live in prestige TV now. It looks all the same. Right. Just like if, but like if you want a good example of like how much bad lighting can kill a movie, like like this is honestly a good example. Yeah. Just like, and and then you can easily contrast this with something like Halloween or like The Fog. Um, which which just feel more cinematic in in the way they look. Yeah, no, it's it is one of his least cinematic films uh, by far. Um, you know, and 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 this is a guy who made some really shoestring budget films. Uh, I mean, yep. Assault in Precinct Thirteen, I mean, the original Halloween, yeah. Dark Star, his first film. You know, and Dark Star. I mean, like that's got it. It's all shot on a studio set and a very controlled small environment there's like i mean two or three different sets at most yeah. and like and that's a more cinematic film than this fucking thing yeah i like dark star actually yeah. dark star's fun it's, it's, it's great it's, i mean alien beach ball yeah alien beach ball uh with webbed feet mm-hmm. um riding riding a like a a, a bomb or right into the surfboard, the surfboard down to the planet. And, yeah, down yeah. to the planet, and then yeah, the 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 talking sentient bomb that they have. Yep. Yeah, it's a great yep. film. We couldn't do it because it's it's actually good and people like yeah, it. It's actually, more of a cult yeah. film. Um, but yeah, so I guess the bare bones plot, and I mean it it is the barest of bones. These plot yep. for this film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it takes place in like twenty six thirty five or something like really far in the future. Yeah, it's like at least like 200 years in the future yeah and it's on mars we've colonized mars it's a matriarchal society on mars and it's uh earth as uh sent they have police on mars for some reason there's mining on mars there's mining on mars because it's like oh there's you know there's ores and there's rare minerals on mars and shit um and it's it's like partially terraformed and right this felt so lazy because it's like, oh, you need a breather, but like you just put this thing, little thing on your face, and like you, we, it, we, we've terraformed it enough that you don't need a full space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suit, But like, yeah, you just, you put just these glasses you on. Breathe into it like every ten minutes, and then you wear glasses, and you're good. It's just, just don't even, do, just say it's been terraformed. Like, right. don't even, the, don't even, you, yeah. you don't even have to say it. Like, people won't care. Like, it's just like, well, you're on another planet. You're fine. Don't worry about it. No one thinks about these yeah. things. Um, yeah. But then, uh, yeah, so there's, like, this mining colony that some weird shit's happened, and they send, they send this group of uh, space cops out there. Uh, oh, well, actually, they send them out there to pick up Ice Cube, who is a prisoner at this uh, space colony, this mining Desolation, colony. Desolation Williams yes. is his name. Yes, uh, and that's the, a riff on the uh, the character in Assault, Assault in Prison 13 he's based on is like his name Napoleon something. So it's uh, it's like gotcha. weird first name. Uh, <laughs> Napoleon yeah. Wilson, something like that. Like his, oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So 
Yeah, so they, they um, uh, Natasha uh, Henstridge, uh, Lieutenant Melanie Ballard, who is the, the woman who plays Syl in the Species Trilogy, uh, Jason Statham's character of Jericho, uh, Clea Duvall's Bashira Kincaid, Pam Greer's character, Commander Helena Braddock, and then is just a few other you know, uh, smaller bit character actors. Uh, yeah, meat shield, meat shield, uh, soldiers. Yeah. Um, but the important thing is, uh, commander, commander Braddock, Pam Greer, um, tries to take advantage of her position in sexually proposition. Yes. Lieutenant Ballard. That's right. And, and that thus begins the incomprehensible gender sexual politics of this movie. Um, also racial. Cause it gets into that too, but like, I don't get why that was in this movie. Like, yeah. it's yeah. kind of, it, it's a neat idea that like, oh, if if humans um started colonizing other planets, like maybe different social power structures would be set up. And like, okay, this one happens to be um matriarchal, right? Like, all all of the commanders are are women, right? Um, most of the soldiers are women. It's just it's just like the way it is, and. But like, if you're going to introduce that, at least explore it more than having like a having it be a throwaway line. And then just to so much of uh, you know the the the, se- the sexual mores of Mars just predi- are predicated on like every woman is a lesbian, maybe, uh, yes. but not really. But every man just calls every woman a lesbian on Mars. Yeah, um, Jason Statham is super fucking horny too. He he also throws himself at at Lieutenant Ballard. Yep. Um, He's like, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, lass, let's let's let's, let's get on. Let's, let's, <laughs> we're gonna die anyway. Might as well get our willies wet. Why don't you? Oh, yes. Right? No, no, he no. he almost <laughs> it says even, those words sound exactly. Like no, that was pretty good. That's 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 the dialogue. That's kind of the tenor of the dialogue in this movie. <laughs> well, that's his dialogue, but like my my attempt to do an impression of him. Ah, is like, fine. <laughs> it's pretty close. He's he sounds absurd. Um. So yeah, basically they the the troop of soldiers backing up a second lieutenant ballard is giving her report to the council oh yeah that's the frame the city the city she lives in yeah yeah um and and then when we go to her memory we see uh that her her company moving out on this train to go to uh pick up desolation williams for transport back to the city um the train is awesome train is cool i i love the train in this it's it's like it really felt like um Actually, I have two, two very uh, millennial-specific generational <laughs> references here. N64, of course. It looked and felt like the trains from the Nintendo 64, Shadows of the Empire level, um, Ord Mantel um, junkyards. You jump from trains to trains, and it okay. felt just like this. Nice. Um, also, uh, the N64 game, Rogue Squadron, when you go to the Spice Mines of Kessel, which has a very Mars-like atmosphere. Hmm. You have to you have to shoot ion cannons at a train carrying prisoners because you're trying to save your buddies from the train. Oh, gotcha. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. And it looks just like this too. Yeah, nice. so literal prison train. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a cool set. They get a lot of mileage out of it. Um, they have fights in it. They have like dramatic scenes in it. It's 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 cool. Yeah. Um, and and when it's not an actual constructed set, it is a miniature. So that's yeah. cool. I mean, 2001 is. Uh, far past uh, the, uh, the the time uh, where directors and and special effects crews were were using miniatures, so mm. it's uh, it's nice to see that kind of relic from the past in a film from two thousand one for sure. If they had gone the special effects route, there could have been some dog shit. 
oh my god of like yeah. the train yeah, i mean know, there's just... really thankfully there's no, almost no cgi in this movie yeah yeah there really isn't um and when they do use it it's like vapor like misty yes. mm-hmm. spirits oh, and, and the fucking martians in her dreams in her fever dream of when the yeah the martians and that's and that's what happens next and well not yet no, but like the, end of the movie <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm thinking like okay so she's on the train she turns down all these advances because she's like hot shit and then she goes to sleep um and she she has this little pendant oh yeah she does drugs her. that's right yeah, what? Like, I don't there's understand so it. much random the drug shit. shit is so weird. I don't understand. She it. drops, she drops acid yeah. or does edibles or something like, and she keeps it in this little pendant. Yeah, and like, as, as like the train Celtic is going to the pendant, and then when she looks at the pendant, the Celtic knot on the pendant, like it starts moving, and that's CGI. It's, okay, that actually is one of the one the few instances of CGI. <laughs> it's it's incomprehensible, and then and then she wakes up because they're at the outpost. Um, Surprise, surprise, there's no one at the outpost. Everyone's missing. This is getting kind of spooky and eerie. Um, so the the whole company moves out. Um, they poke around. They find um, bodies and, like, junk hanging from the ceilings of all the of all the buildings they investigate. Um, and the junk the is set- cool because they find, like, these – they're almost like totems – like yeah, made yeah. of scraps of metal and just you mm-hmm. know bits and pieces of detritus, um, and it's like they're hanging from the ceiling like mobiles, so that's cool. Yep. Uh, but then everything else and sucks. It, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean the set's cool. It the the buildings have a very Tatooine look to them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like prequels era, like a, like little little Anakin's home. Oh I was yeah, thinking of a lot. Mm. Um, again, it just shot poorly. Like, it could have been so much more atmospheric. They could have like really played up like the dust. I think and like the light being filtered through. Oh like, yeah, the there's like Martian there's almost dust. like no dust. There's that CGI yeah, dust it, that happens in like the dreams, no, but yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Uh, and and then the company specifically Ballard, they find Desolation Williams and, and some other prisoners. Um, notably the doctor, Doctor Whitlock. Uh, the Joanna Cassidy character, beca- um, who becomes important later on. Um, but when they find Desolation Williams, he's just like sitting there. He's like got this pissed ice cube look on his face, and he he's wearing a tank top and orange and yes. gray camouflage. Incredible, like like Geno's. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's if you're on Mars, that's that's the right color, at least I guess. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, just I, I also got heavy um, StarCraft vibes from this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. like we we have like the Terran idea of like colonizing worlds. Right. Um, we have the Zerg aspect for like the enemies, which will come yep. later, and then we have the Protoss for like the psychic shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's like it's like all three of the of the StarCraft. Um, just very weird grab bag of like aesthetic touchstones like uh, of the era the the contemporaneous sci-fi stuff that was going on yeah it's it's just i mean the story is interesting right it's like it's so just to pick apart the title um it is literally ghosts on mars it is ghosts of dead martians um who at some point lived on the planet of mars it's it's never quite I was never certain if like humans killed these Martians when we started colonizing 
Well, they, they definitely didn't because, uh, as I was saying, the, do- the Doctor character, Doctor Whitlock, and, and again, this is all told like through flashbacks within flashbacks within flashbacks, but she she's telling Lieutenant Ballard, like, yeah, I did this. I unleashed the ghosts on Mars right. because... That's right. So, yeah, the Martians I was, never... Yeah, right. She was at an archaeological dig and they found this crypt, like this King Tut-style tomb at one of the dig sites and it's like oh it's 30,000 years old right. and like when they opened it up the the, the ghost cloud that possesses people yeah. rushes out and possesses so people. the Martians had been gone for a very long time but these the, these ghosts these Martian ghosts don't like the idea that humans have now colonized their former home world I also think they just want corporeal bodies to possess right too. yeah it's just it's it's never specified it would be it's very vague it's very yeah. vague and either like keep it super vague and just make this movie a cool shootout movie or uh explain it more i don't know it doesn't really do either of those things it does something in the middle right, right. um it tries to lean too much on like this this like semi sci-fi semi spiritual uh you know mumbo jumbo and that just doesn't it just doesn't jive well um no. and then the Mar- the martian the way they infect people, they turn them into like sort of zombies, sort of not really. They become orcs, like yeah. Urukai, basically. Like, um, so just to pick up the thread a little bit. So once Desolation Williams is in custody, and everyone, the soldiers are exploring around a little bit, waiting for the train to come back. Um, Commander Pam Greer goes to goes up. She turns a corner and disappears. Yeah. And the next time we see her this this barbarian savage is carrying her head and puts it on a pike yep. <laughs> and then um jason satham the jericho guy he he goes to investigate and he crawls he does the army crawl to the top of a ridge and he looks down into this basin the the dig site of this, right. of this outpost uh and it's just like i don't know probably like 200 essentially barbarian orcs just chanting and doing like this i don't know like kiss concert or something <laughs> <laughs> and this sequence the weird way they're chanting in like the the music in the background and and like the dissolves the scenes dissolve into each other i fucking saw this when i was a kid on tv one time really (laughs) and i was i was like i think i was watching it with like my mom or something and like it was just like and they're like spraying blood on themselves and like throwing heads and like waving their swords around and i was like yeah like this this is cool. This is, I had just seen Lord of the Rings for the first time. So I loved it. I'm like, I'm like, this is just like the orcs. Like, yeah, this is, this is like Lord of the Rings. And my mom's like, this is weird. We should change this. <laughs> so. She, she was right. She yes. was right there. She was right. Uh, shout out mom. Um, but yeah, no, just very, very, very like stock characterization of like, Oh, barbarians with their torches and sharpened teeth and stuff and painted faces yeah you know and i appreciate the look i do it's interesting like each each one of them has their own um their own you know specific look like they have they put like barbs and you know pointed objects through their face or you know their arms or something and they have different like blood on their face or or you know war paint um they have different you know like, that? body parts that, you know like sewn onto them and shit do you know that comic book series crust no um it's a it's a series by garth ennis oh, okay. um, 
he like launched it, but then like some other people have written mm. some stuff. I, I know Alan Moore like did like a couple issues at one point. Um, but the idea is you get this cr- bloody cross in your face, which is what happens to one of the characters, actually or one of the throwaway characters that's in the prison. And then you just be, it's a, it's a virus that infects you and you just become horribly violent yeah. and like sadistic and, and kind of, that's this movie. Dr- th- <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just another thing um crest began in 2008 and i mean it's like there's more going on with the crest story but like the basic premise of like you get possessed and you get this crest in your face and you just become horribly sadistic without losing your intelligence is like this movie yeah yeah um it's interesting because you know um carpenter was influenced by Nine of the Living Dead when he made Assault on Precinct 13. But of course, with Assault on Precinct 13, the the precinct is overrun by like criminals who are very much alive until they're no longer alive. Um, but with right. this movie, it is it is more of just like a zombie movie, um, yep. more than it is a ghost or Martian movie. <laughs> yeah the the choice like ghosts of mars sounds a lot more respectable than zombies of mars yes. would. yeah <laughs> but they're they're zombies like they're they're orc barbarian zombies yeah. they 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 carry swords they carry torches they they throw they throw um like like saw blades yeah. like like shuriken <laughs> yeah they decapitate and and uh yeah um but back to the plot. Um, so Jason Statham runs back and he tells everyone what the deal is. And so they, they try to make a run um, for the train, but the train isn't there. Um, and then when they're stuck out, right. like out, out, out in the platform, they're surrounded by everyone. They're like, fuck, well, what was plan B? And Ice Cube's like, I'll show you plan B. He whips out his gun yes. and starts. We start this baffling shootout. Yep. Just everyone just running and gunning me. I'm like, ah, and like the 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 score is like dun, 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 yes. dun, 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 just this heavy metal. Yeah, it's, the score is crazy. So it's a Carpenter score, but on multiple tracks we have Buckethead. Yeah, uh, we have Elliot Easton of the Cars. Yep. We have uh, Robin Fink of Guns N' Roses and Nine Inch Nails, and we have Amazing. the whole band Anthrax. So everybody from the band Anthrax. <laughs> Mind melting, like <laughs> wild score. And um, although although the, the the action scenes are nothing to write home no. about, it's just like people hit like shooting guns and hitting people with their guns when they run out of ammo. But like one thing I liked about this action movie, especially in the era when this movie came out in, um, it feels very believable. Like believable with heavy quotes, but like it doesn't feel like these people are like superhuman. Yeah, yeah. Like they're we could plausibly do the fight scenes like in real life. Like we'd get killed of course, but like no- nothing depicted on screen was like out of the realm of believability. Yeah. Except I would say, I'm not sure if uh, anybody, even if you're a, 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 like a Navy SEAL can wield submachine guns like Akimbo. I don't, I don't think you could do that, but speak for, speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, I mean, it's, it's a great visual. There's actually a lot of guns right. Akimbo in this movie. Yeah, guns, guns, and Kimbo meaning dual, dual wields. Yes. Uh, the my my preferred style of, of combat, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, but um, you no, know, it's you know we get this fight scene, this kind of shootout. I think at least once more 
in the film uh what yeah. actually ne- coming up next because then they retreat to a, a the precinct and we kind of get <laughs> yeah you know another it is a little uh nod to precinct 13 here yeah they they do they do that under siege thing a lot they 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 try to leave the building they find they can't they have to go back into the building um they try to they try to get something and then they have to go back in it's it's a, it's a lot of like standing around in, inside the 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 Mars precinct i guess yeah yeah and, and this just this part of the movie is just uh it's just hard to distinguish scenes from one another i mean yeah. at one point um, we do. We're introduced to some extra characters, Uno, Dos, and Tres, who are uh, <laughs> Desolation Williams gang members. Uno is actually his brother. He calls his brother a number. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. But they're just they're um, cannon another, fodder. I mean, they they all die. Yep, yep. It's it's pretty great. Um, another thing I'll give this movie is um, it feels very prescient because like if. Elon Musk does colonize Mars as he wants to. Like, this is what it <laughs> yeah. will be like. It'll, It'll be, be a, a penal f- colony, a penal colony free for all. Yep. Um, and the matriarchy will be established by Grimes. Oh my um, God! Yes. Or the, or the Grimes clone. He's probably growing in a <laughs> vat somewhere right now because he he's gonna get the real Grimed, uh, uh, Minecrafted. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's got to stay on Earth with his spawn. And then right. he's gonna have his adventures with the Grimes clone, right. on Mars. A whole, a whole, a whole. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Like just one per year. I mean, they can't. They yeah. they have a shelf life, right? Um. So yeah, basically, we get to the point where the the train is coming. Um, they have to make a break for the train. The the surviving people, um, they do. One of the cannon fighter guys gets his head cut off with a thrown uh, a thrown saw blade, which is pretty yeah. awesome. His arm first, and then his head. Like you're like, oh, he right. might be okay, and then it's like, no, he's dead. He's very dead. Yeah. Um. Oh, and then Lieutenant Ballard, she has that. She gets possessed by a ghost because right. they 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 kill the prisoner that had been possessed. Actually, back up a sec. Jason Statham tries to seduce yes. her, and she's like, "Fuck it, why not? Like we're gonna die anyway." Um. They're about to. They start making out, but then like. The other guard's like, hey, come here quick, come here quick. Um, because she shoots the possessed prisoner. Yeah, yeah. And then once she killed the possessed prisoner, the spirit that had been possessing it possesses Lieutenant Bell. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they throw her out of the, they throw her out of the building because she's, she's screwed. Um, but then her, her drugs yes. or her, her talisman protects Incredible. her. Yeah. And exercises the demon. Incredible. This and this is when she has the the fever dream of the the Martian uh, alien uh, yep. civilization from thousands of years ago. <laughs> Inexplicable, um, but whatever we can deal with that. Um, so then she's she's healed. She comes back inside. Everyone runs to the train. They get in the train, and they're like, "Oh, we're done. We're done." We're, we're. But then she's like, "We have to go back." And like, what do you mean? She's like, "Oh, well, we yep. keep coming. We have to blow them all up." Yep. Okay. Uh, this is where it lost me. I was like, I get it. I, I I truly get it. But we've already you've gotten on the the train and like I don't know, you can't write yourself out of this hole this way. Like this yeah. is just this is fucking lazy writing, guys. Yeah, very lazy. Um, but they do go back because the doctor's like, actually, there's a nuclear power plant, and if we yeah set it, yeah, set this, it up the right way, power plant we have never talked about before. But 
you know, nope. if you if you unshield the rods, uh, the uranium rods, you can blow this place up. Right. Which, okay, just end this shit already. So half half the team stays in the train. They distract the zombies at the station. The other half of the team sneaks over um, to blow to blow up the power plant, which yeah. they do. Um, but of course, the zombies eventually notice and they run over. And this part's so messy. the The geometry of what's going on and like oh, who, the train, yeah, yeah, like, I, like like who is where and yes. what is going on. Awful, I, just um, awful staging. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with him at this point. <laughs> yeah, incomprehensible. The important part is everyone except Lieutenant Ballard in Desolation Williams die. Yeah, I can't even tell you how the majority of them die. Like, they just do. <laughs> they basically eat Jason Statham because they all jump right. on, a, a whole group of them jump yes. on him. And okay, they I do like, remember that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like eating him. And I know Robert Carradine, before they leave the station, he gets one of those saw blades to the neck, I think. Right. It, no, it, it's as the train is chugging and, and gaining right. steam and, and yeah, going yeah, faster. Yeah. One of the zombies wings him with a with a throne yeah. or something. I don't remember how P- Peter Jason, the other like the, the actual captain of the train, dies. The guy who kind of looks like Meatloaf, but I know he dies at some point. Um, I know the other f- woman soldier. She gets her head chopped off with a saw blade too. Yep. Mm-hmm. She d- she dodges two of them, and then the third one chops her head off. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but the point is. Ballard and, and Desolation are on the train. They're like, oh, finally. Um, but, of course, a few zombies are on the train, including the, the lead um, the lead uh, kind of Marilyn Manson-looking zombie. Yes. Yep. Whose name is Big Daddy Mars. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Big Daddy Mars. Uh, so yep. she fights him up top. No. And Desolation fights him. Desolation fights him up top, and she fights the Freddy Krueger one, right? The one right. that has like the the hand blade. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Yes. Uh, it, of course, they both beat their respective enemies, and they they detach the train car that has more zombies, and it blows up, and they zoom away. And then the timer they set on the the nu- the nuclear uh, power plant blows up. Right. So all's well that ends well. Um, and then. This is where the weird racial politics come up because I thought they were going to be a couple or like have some kind yeah. of like yeah. a kiss or something, but no, it's no. like kind of a black guy and a white woman. Um, and they, they do have some kind of mutual respect. Like they, right. they're both, they're both badass and like, oh, okay. So yeah, you're, they're like, you'd be a good cop and you'd be a good, uh, criminal. No, she, she's like, he says to her, you'd be a good criminal. And then she says to him, you'd be a good cop. And then they're both like, nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually at the end, but that's, that's oh, the sentiment. Oh, at the end? Yeah, they do the same, they do the same, a similar sentiment though at this, at right. this point though. Yeah. And the important thing in the scene is um, she she's lying in bed because she's all injured and she's just recuperating. And um, Desolation's like, oh, I'll guide us in. And he stands up, and it's revealed he had handcuffed her to the bed because he's going to escape. Right. Yeah, so he uh, escapes. He doesn't want to go to the city with her. And then this is where the frame story comes back. She's in front of this panel of this, this you know, matriarch um, uh, judge and jury. I don't know what the fuck they yeah. are. but um, Review board, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, sure, yeah, that's sure. my story. And, and then they're like, all right, well, we'll bring you to the, the med bay to get you patched up um and right. while she's there 
they uh, go overhead and it's like all civilians stay inside all military personnel go to your armory and this reminded me of in the mouth of madness yeah the end of yeah, that yeah the end of that right except that movie's much better <laughs> the movie is <laughs> infinitely better than this um and of course that movie has teeth and isn't afraid to be like mean and vicious in the yeah. story because like not unlike this movie because i'm like in this movie um desolation busts in he's like come on i got i got his good guns and it's like like bling plated like yes. submachine guns yeah 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 they're like chrome plated submachine guns he throws her one he takes one and this is when they have their oh you'd be a good crook you'd be a good cop nah, nah. fucking kill me and then, uh, yeah because i so they didn't kill all the ghosts of mars now there's ghosts of mars in this uh, city center but you can't kill them because like Right. You can kill you can kill their hosts, but you can't kill them. Right. right. So even they they proved that you can't even kill them with nuclear weapons. So um, um but you can detox them from your body if you take an edible. If you take drugs, right? So uh, you know the sequel is like they're just all strung out at all times. <laughs> uh, there's just these 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 clouds of ghosts just Damn. looking for a host, and yep. uh, you just gotta get high to keep the bad vibes away. Yeah, It'd be a great sequel to a terrible film yeah yeah and that's the movie it kind of really end the ending is so lackluster it's just yeah it feels like a again a bad tv special i remembered the shootouts being better than they are again they're, just, I, they're not they're fine i like that it's grounded and it's not like super john wick style like right, right. and don't get me wrong like i like a good shootout like a, a well choreographed like yeah, this can't happen in real life, but it looks good. Like I, I, I'm a sucker for that shit. But um, I, I like the alternative too. I like um, I like that that kind of grounded. It 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 works better in a horror movie because like oh, this could happen to you, and like your best attempts, despite your best attempts, you could never survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and plus, again, you know, uh, it's just he because he is so indebted to a director or directors like Howard Hawks it is right. kind of a more old school way of shooting uh action scenes where like right. there's not like a ton of coverage you know so there's not like a ton of camera angles right. um you know you're able to kind of linger on a shot a little longer uh and like you said it's not like uber choreographed you know it's not like the camera is swinging around and following you know John uh, John Wick esque character it's 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 a little less polished um you know and it's it's pretty similar to the shootouts of uh, assault on precinct 13 you know it's i did really really like um the shootout in the building once the building gets breached oh yeah yeah. um Mm because it's you have it's like four people and you have two people out front they're shooting their guns yes the the orcs are just zerg rushing them they're they're running in like mindless video game characters and like the two the two people in front exhaust their ammo and then the people behind them are like get clear and then the two people in front step back and they reload and then the two people the the second team steps forward and, and they they empty their guns and then the first team switches out yeah. they have like a good and in this entire time they're like retreating as they do so yeah, so it's, it's like it's, it's like a tactical fallback yeah it's it's a great sequence mm-hmm. um it's and it's simple you know it's uh yeah it's they are they're fun shootouts I think if you just kind of if you watch them uh, <laughs> on YouTube, don't watch the full movie. That's no, for sure. Don't. don't. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, if if you're 
a carpenter enthusiast like me like yeah of course but like um definitely lesser carpenter <laughs> yeah yeah i mean again it makes sense that he he didn't make a movie for another 10 years uh or or nine years uh he was too busy playing sonic the hedgehog because he likes sonic <laughs> I mean, he totally was. Like, that's just that's the reality, right? He must have been playing video games. <laughs> On Wikipedia, he says he likes the Fear franchise, which makes sense, and yeah, he yeah. likes Sonic the Hedgehog. Incredible, love him, love him to death. Yeah, lo- love him. What a what a great man. Uh, workers of note, who do we have? We have uh, Richard Kriegler, who is a digital mat artist. Um, you know, th- this film does give me a lot of like. As much as I think it's it's a lot of like kind of uh, TV episode vibes, it also kind of gives some some old Hollywood vibes. Um, like we said, you know, there's these miniatures, um, but there's also there's some interesting shots, like some matte shots. So you know, traditionally matte shots were uh, backgrounds were painted by artists on gigantic canvases. Um, and they were like, you know, superimposed uh, with you know, camera effects in shots. Um, Star Wars is full of them. The original Star Wars trilogy is full of matte paintings. Um, but here there's just digital versions of that. Um, and and there's, there's some, they don't use them often. There's a few shots of like the city itself. Um, in the beginning of the film, there's like a eagle eye view of the city that's a digital matte painting. And then there's a scene as the train is entering the station in the beginning of the film where there's a matte painting in the background. And again, they're they're digitally constructed, but um, they look pretty good and they give off, you know, that that type of um, old Hollywood effect that, you know, John Carpenter um, is uh, is is, you know, pretty well versed in. Mm. But uh, yeah, you know. For once, we we'll also, say digital stuff's good. <laughs> yeah. We also have some um, uncredited people here. We have Robert Hall, special makeup effects artist. Uh, Marge Keklamanos, uh, special makeup effects artist. And Sandy Rowden, special makeup effects artist. Um, yeah, as usual, we also uh, we always want to focus on uncredited uh, cast or cast and crew members. Um, but yeah, the, the makeup on the, the orc, zombie alien ghosts was 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 cool (laughs) yeah certainly stuck in my head um with my little anecdote from childhood of like this fugue state i went into when i saw like an orc thing on tv a a thing that could charitably be be interpreted (laughs) as urkai on tv yeah exactly no it's it's cool it's cool makeup um it's uh not it's not overdone which is exactly yeah which is something um, a lot of like monster, like, especially like generic, like cannon fodder monsters can fall into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's just there's everybody has their own like bits of flair, basically. You know, in their face <laughs> yeah. or their paint. Uh, one woman, I she has literal hand bras. Uh, like yes. it's it's someone's it's uh, great. cut off hands as mm-hmm. a bra for one of yep. these zombie ladies. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, closing thoughts. Um, I guess for my broke recommendation, easy. We're gonna go with the gimme here. We're, we're gonna, in, in true carpenter fashion, we're gonna just do the <laughs> minimal effort thing. Uh, if if you're a carpenter completionist, com- carpenter fan, um, also if like you're just a, a genre movie person, um, this is probably a 
a a kind of a good enough movie that you you just overlooked not unreasonably but there, there's there's genre cheesy goodness to be found yeah and multiple genres right horror genre action adventure genre um, police procedural police procedural you know it's it's worth watching on a few different levels western to a degree you know since it's based on real bravo drug movie drug movie <laughs> Yeah, it, well, first time she does drugs, she sees like waves. Like they, it's just, like a, it's it's like a, it, it, it's like an erectile dysfunction commercial. It's yeah. just like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, woke recommendation. Uh, if you were a hot topic kid in the two thousands, hell yeah. Um, yeah, the 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 Urukai, uh zombie ghost uh martians uh they look like they are uh just straight at a hot topic big daddy mars is, is your is your lord now follow yeah. him into battle <laughs> he's got a cape yeah he's great i mean he's got a he's, cape and a sword and long hair just gigantic. He's, he's me <laughs> he's like gigantic chest too like it's it yeah. seems like a fake chest piece that they put yeah, on this it's, man it's like built out yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny uh, my bespoke recommendation is, um, I don't know, I mean, probably most of our audience is on Twitter and on social media, but if you've been following Ice Cube on social media, <laughs> boy, oh boy, is he then going, going off, as as they say, um, just full-blown Q, Hotep, anti-Semitic yeah. craziness, just like, it, he's just going off. Um and and this is my interpretation of how he sees reality right now. Just like it's like, <laughs> oh the the non Q people, the people who reject the Great Awakening, like they're zombies and they're coming they're after us. There goes we zombies. Gotta, we gotta get our they're they're all vaccined up and it takes over their minds <laughs> and they're and and they're being possessed by the the Jewish ghosts of Mars. So we gotta we gotta get our bling Uzis and go shoot them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. It is the skeleton key to Ice Cube's Twitter presence. Yep, yep. Into the way he processes reality at this moment, or or, or the Q, the Q factions at large. Um, I I will say, um, an acquaintance reached out to me and said, "Oh, my dad is sharing Q stuff. What do I do?" Didn't really have an answer for that one. I'm like, hey, "Good luck. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> They're gone. It's too bad. Yeah, yeah shit's scary. Uh, Great Awakening. Um." So yeah, that's that's Ghost of Mars. Um, doesn't really have anti-colonial themes because it's kind of on the cop side, but like it's kind of there. But yeah, that's the thing. It's like it sort of borrows a little bit from the fog, which right, is which is straight up anti-colonial, straight up anti-colonial. Um, but yeah, it's again, it's the Martians. You know, they existed thousands of years ago, never crossed paths with the humans. It'd been more interesting if like it was it was a more traditional anti-colonial narrative where like the humans killed all the Martians or something. And this is a revenge thing, but right, that's right. not this movie. It's a different movie entirely. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. so, you know, the, whatever, uh, <laughs> enjoy this movie for what it is. Some decent shootouts, crazy fucking music. And some of the, the cheesiest dialogue from these, <laughs> these people who were, you know, as Nick said earlier at different uh, points in their career. Oh, my, one of my favorite lines is, um, I think it's when Lieutenant Ballard is shooting down one of Statham's innumerable attempts to, to fuck. Um, he, he says something like, 
I'm butchering. I'm totally butchering this, but the payoff's worth it. He says something like about the size of something, and she's yes. like, "Oh yeah, in this." And she holds up her hand, her fingers really closely. Is eight inches because yes. that's what guys tell me. That was good. Yeah, that was good for sure. Amazing. Uh, my understanding is actually the the commentary track on this film. Um, if someone wants to go buy the DVD, or actually there is a Blu-ray of it. Uh, the commentary track is John Carpenter and Natasha Henstridge, who is Lieutenant Ballard. And uh, apparently they didn't get along at all on the set. Like, she came off doing another movie to do this one immediately. Uh, she replaced Courtney Love. What? Yeah, she replaced Courtney Love. Apparently that didn't work out at all. Um, I and, can't imagine uh, why. <laughs> Natasha Henstridge didn't do any of, like, the training with the the personal trainers uh, for this for this movie. So at one point, like, she, she fell ill because of, like, fatigue. So they had to sh- stop shooting for a week. And, uh, yeah, her and John Carpenter just didn't get along, but then they do this commentary track together where they're just, like, basically just making fun of each other the whole time. (laughs) Well, yeah, folks, that's, uh, that's probably the most middling movie we've, we've done in a while. Um, follow us on all of the standard social medias, um, patreon.com slash pro underscore con. Uh, give us some money, please. Uh, we, we give you, we give you our minds and our hearts every week. Uh, twitter.com slash proletarian C. Uh, no spaces, uh, facebook.com proletarian contrarian, no spaces and Instagram.com or I guess on Instagram app, um, proletarian dot contrarian, no spaces. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Bye.